Since 2007, the Paul Meredith team at CityCan Financial has prided themselves on providing a better mortgage experience than you'll get anywhere else. Paul and his team will guide you through the home financing process with professional quality advice, exceptional service, and mortgage rates tailored to meet your specific needs. Their goal is to treat all of their clients the same way they would if they were doing a mortgage for their own mothers. They want to provide you with a wow experience with your mortgage from industry-leading low rates to giving their clients the rock star treatment. The Paul Meredith team would love to have the opportunity to help you out on your next mortgage and show you why they have over 300 five-star reviews on Google. We at On The Way Home would like to acknowledge the original stewards of whose lands this podcast is recorded on. In York Region, we recognize we're on the traditional territories of the Wendat, the Haudenosaunee, and the Anishinaabe peoples, and that this is the treaty lands of the Mississaugas of the Credit. And in Vancouver, we acknowledge that we are on the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, the Musqueam, Squahomish, and Tsleil-Waututh, whose presence on these lands continue to this day. Welcome to On The Way Home, a podcast dedicated to the issues surrounding homelessness and the incredible experts making a difference in the lives of homeless people. Remember to subscribe to the podcast anywhere you're listening and share it with a friend. Now, here are Michael Braithwaite from Blue Door and Stefania Secha from the Canadian Alliance to End Homelessness with today's guest. Welcome to On The Way Home. Steph, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. What's new at CAH? Well, it'll have been probably a few weeks now, but uh, we recently had our huge announcement with London that they have functionally ended veteran homelessness, which is super exciting. Canada's first proof point. uh, And we're gearing up for a lot more announcements coming down the pipe as well, driving down to absolute zero and ending all homelessness. Wow. Very exciting. Very exciting. Man, City of London is just doing so well when it comes to preventing and ending homelessness. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, how are you guys doing over at Blue Door? Good, good. I'm really proud of my team and how they've supported our region's most vulnerable through the pandemic. Um, I mean, we've had very few outbreaks, and so it's been wonderful. And mm-hmm. hey, I, I'm really happy to say, and again, this will probably be old news by the time we air this, but we're doing the coldest night of the year walk in, in a couple nights, and uh, the team has surpassed their goal far uh, and gone far, far, much farther than uh, 2020, which is surprising because in a pandemic, we just really didn't know uh, mm-hmm. what would happen. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. And speaking of amazing work, I'm really excited about our guest today. Why don't you tell me a little bit about her? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I as you know, I get excited about all the guests that come on here. We have all sorts of experts, but um, some of the ones I'm most excited about are our lived experts and our guest, Tara O'Toole. Uh, is one of those lived experts. In fact, you always tell a lot about people in my books, but how they describe themselves, what they put first. And when she talks about herself, she first talks about being a single mom. So obviously that's most important to her, which is amazing. Uh, She's a full-time student, a part-time employee of the Horizon uh, Health, and she's a yoga instructor, representative of the Suicide Prevention Committee, and an ambassador at UNBSJ for mental health. Uh, All while doing all of this, well, staying on the Dean's list. So an incredible individual that's here to share her story and create some awareness. So Tara, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for that warm welcome. I really appreciate it. And thanks for having me. Well, I, I don't think that did justice. I didn't want to cut into your, your piece here. We always want to learn more about um, our guest's story. 
Can you tell us a little bit more about your story, as much as you're comfortable sharing? Okay. Um, so, well, I have a I have a heavy mental health diagnosis, so it's uh, it's been a rough, rocky road. So there's been lots of ups and downs. Um, but I'll say like a turning point, I guess, would have been uh, when I when I first went to Pierre St. John myself, I started as a member back in uh, 2012. And that was a very good turning point for me and where I learned some skills and some tools. Um, and then we kind of went on a hiatus and I went to Toronto, Ontario. And uh, yeah, that was a that was a different experience. Probably could have lived without many of those. But um, yeah, from there, I, I experienced like homelessness, poverty, um, lots of assaults, uh, lots of trauma. So uh, I guess I could say I'm lucky to be alive at this point. But then I did come back to St. John and I kind of just worked back into my grounding roots. And uh, I went back to Pierre and uh, that was kind of the next changing point for me again. So it was kind of my home base is Pierre for me. You, you make it uh, seem so simple, but turning your life around a few times absolutely is not um, you have survived so much, but, and lived experts like yourself, your stories are so powerful. Can you talk to us about a few of the turning points along your journey that made a difference? Well, I would feel like, uh, there's just people, you know, there's, there's support people. There's, that's a huge point for me. Um, you know, you always have to have a foundation to go back to. So I think that's where I'm blessed. Like I knew what it felt like to be good. So I felt like it was easy for me to kind of turn things around at some point. I mean, it wasn't easy. The struggle is real, but um, yeah. So just people. And I would say like, um, there's a few different things that help guide and direct me. I'd say like yoga, some meditation. And I had to tap into like my inner Zen is what I like to call it um, to change things around. But uh the first time it was kind of more supports and stuff. The second time it was, uh, I, I literally had a, a boy in my belly. So he was like the fire that I kind of, I knew that if I didn't turn things around, like you'd be taken. It was as simple as that. So I was like, okay, let's, uh, let's turn this around. So you got to go back home and you got to, you got to figure this all out. So I guess, uh, yeah, that was, that was a big point for me. And now you've, take it all that and you give back, you are a mental health ambassador. Can you talk a little bit about that role and what that means to you? So for me, it's just kind of, like you said, I have so much lived experience that I try to share in any way that it can be helpful. I never lay it all out for one person at one time, but I will always share in any time that I think it will be helpful for someone. So I kind of just offer tips and tools that work for me. I do know that works for me won't work for everyone. So I am very open to say like, you know, this is what worked for me, but I, I suggest that other people try all kinds of different alternative, alternative method, methods, sorry, and find out what works for them. So I kind of, I teach yoga there as well for the, for UMBE two times a week. So that's uh, one of the guidance things that I do. And I kind of just like throw some videos with like helpful tips and tools and just suggestions you can only help people that want to be helped, right? So that's the thing. So I will always throw out all these tools and tips and guidance and things like that, but it's up to people to kind of accept and do what they will with them. You sound like a really empathetic and compassionate leader. Um, can you can you talk a bit more about the power of mentor, mentorship and the role it played in your journey as well as why it's so powerful now for you to mentor others? That is such a lovely question. 
Um, well, I'll take it back to like one of my first point, turning points at Pier. There was there was a lady. You know, I'll, I'll name drop here. Her name is Joni, and I just remember how how I felt the second time I walked in that space. She knew my name. She was just so positive. You could tell she, there was no judgments. They were left at the door, um, and I always just remember how I felt in that moment. And I just want to always make people feel the same way. Um, and with all the lived experience I have, like, I, you know, I've been through a whole lot of stuff, so I will never judge anyone. So I always want people to be, to know that um, I'm approachable and no matter what they say to me, I probably experienced something similar and uh, that I, I, I would, I, I have confidence and I, I'll keep that confidentiality and I would never share unless I need it to be. But yeah, mentorship's huge. If you, if you find somebody that you trust, you appreciate and you respect, um, the sky's the limit on what you can do with that person. I mean, they're not going to be able to help you through every little thing, but just knowing that you have somebody to turn to at your lowest moments, but also in your highest moments, you know, like I found the struggle for me when I turned things around, I was like, you know, I've gotten through a million crap days, you know, by myself and that's not a big deal. But when I had those really good days, I'm like, I want to share this with someone. So just having that person that, you know, you can just reach out to, whether it's text, whether it's phone, whether it's in person, it's just so helpful, I find. So I really want to be that person for somebody else. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think that community and that connection is is so key. And another thing I think is key too is is that is prevention. We know that prevention plays a key part in ending homelessness and supporting people with uh, who are managing their mental health challenges and addictions. So, what what strategies do you share with youth from a prevention lens? So, from a prevention lens, I feel like a lot of it is. Um, so the people that come in, the youth that come, I, I think the, the most important thing that we do first is like we meet them where they are. So it's very important to, dis, to establish whether somebody just wants support or whether they want that actual guidance and um, advice per se. Um, but yeah, I feel like just meeting them where they are and just helping them get where they want to be is huge. So when people come in, we kind of establish like a goal that they want to work towards. So like the goal could be something very little, maybe they just want to be social. Um, it could be a little bit bigger, like maybe they, they want a home, maybe they want to um, engage in education or find employment. So whatever the goal is, we kind of just meet them there and we, we break it down into steps for them to be successful. Because a lot of like, a lot of times people try to set too many goals and then they're kind of set up for failure. So we, we find that if we break things down very smallly and intricately, then um, it allows them to have small successes. And we try to really embrace those. Because um, then, then, you know, people's confidence come up and then that opens up the door for so many more things in their lives. But if you, if somebody comes in, for instance, they are homeless, you can't really work on all aspects of their lives. Like you can't, you know, on like better thought processes and things like that when they're in survival mode, right? So first you have to meet their basic needs and make sure they're met to kind of branch out to other things. So yeah, I just feel like meeting people where they are can definitely be helpful and just encourage and offer support and just let them know they're not alone. And that like normalize asking for help and seeking those type of, you know, supports and, and help and things like that can be so helpful. And yeah, just let them know that Reaching out for help is like knowing your limits is a strength. It's not, it's not anything to be ashamed about. 
Absolutely. And I can't imagine how the pandemic has changed that, you know, because like you said, it's it's meeting people where they're at. So I'm just curious with the pandemic, what changes have you seen in people's mental health and how have you and your team worked through those new challenges? Because I think that's definitely a struggle that's been for folks working in this field across Canada. It is most definitely a struggle because a lot of our thing is like we have drop-in. So people will just come and then you kind of see where they are you gauge things you chat and then things slowly work on so without that it's very very difficult to engage people and especially for the people that don't have access to internet because we do a lot of posting and things like that but we, there's a large amount of people that we can't really preach so um we try to just work within our means we offer a whole lot of virtual stuff so like i still teach yoga virtually we do mindfulness stuff virtually we do a re recovery group virtually um, so we try to touch as many people as we can, but we also kind of just like go out in the community as well when we're allowed, when COVID, you know, permits. Um, and we tend to, where we're located, we're kind of in like a hub where we see a lot of the people just kind of walking around and, you know, going to point A to point B. Um, so we're lucky sometimes where we get to catch those people that don't necessarily have access to internet. But you said it, it is a struggle for all of us um, right now. There's just so many limitations and so many restrictions that it's so hard for an individual to access services. So we kind of just try our best at this time and we're hoping probably like the rest of you is that things turn around and go back to whatever normal is gonna be, you know? Construct, a social enterprise by Blue Door, provides high-quality residential and commercial construction and property services in the greater Toronto area. More than a business with a heart, Construct is a real solution to preventing and ending homelessness. Through its eight-week paid skills trades training program, complete with wraparound supports and on-the-job work experience, Construct lifts people out of poverty and into opportunity. To hire Construct for your next project or learn more about Construct's employment program, visit constructgta.ca. Well, hope is key in the work that we do, and you bring a lot of people, a lot of hope. Uh, what are your hopes for the future, both for yourself and for the sector? Well, my hope for myself, I'm, um, I just applied to social work, so I'm very hopeful that I will get in. Um, I'm fine to do different places, so... Um, for myself, I would just kind of, I want more safety and security for me and my son, you know, I want to do things more intricately. I'd like to be able to guide and direct people that have struggled in ways that I've overcome and just with a better lens, with more education and with more resources, essentially. Um, and for the sector, I, I, you know, my hope there is that I have a few, I guess, but I feel like it would be very helpful, um, if we could all work together a little bit more, like just more collaborative. I feel like for myself, I would call somewhere and try to, uh, you know, make an appointment and then be like, okay, well, you know, to access services and help. And they'd be like, oh, you got the wrong department. You got a call here. Well, by the third call, I'm like, how bad do I want this help? You know? So I, I think it would be very helpful if we could have like more collaborative efforts and maybe, I don't know if this is like way off the rocker, but maybe a place where somebody could call to access services and they could just be immediately pointed in the right direction without X, Y, Z, you know, the, all those extra steps, people lose their hope, they lose their momentum. Um, so I think just something like that would be very helpful. 
Um, like I said, it is so hard to access inf information and services. So I feel like if we could make it more readily available would very would be very helpful too. Because a lot of it, um, it's hard to, uh, to access services. And uh, when you do, you know, when you walk into these places, everyone knows what you're there for. So if there was like a more discreet way to access services, maybe even just by initially making a phone call and be like, okay, this is where you need to go. Um, and just all being on the same page, if like the mental health work better with the criminal justice system and so on and so forth. Cause we even have a whole bunch of different services within each realm that don't even know about each other. So if we could just share more information and make ourselves way more accessible and, you know, just easier to reach out and get that guidance and direction and make those first steps easier. I think it would be super helpful. And maybe even a guide or a navigator along the way. Like, you know, if this is the person, this is what you're looking for, then we could have like a mentor or a guide or a navigator to kind of walk you through those steps. That is what we do essentially where I work. Um, but we still don't hit all the people that need that need the help, right? So where can people find out more about the work that you're doing and uh, support the work? That is a lovely question. Um, well, we have, um, we have a Facebook page and we have, uh, we have uh, Instagram, so they can follow us there. We are PeerSJ, so it's P.E.E.R.SJ on both of those um, resources. Um, I also can be found like through the university as well. So if they reached out to UMBSJ, um, but I could also, you know, if anybody is actually interested or needs any services that I could provide, I could provide like my email or um, even my work phone number, whichever would be more helpful. Um, but yeah, we kind of just are mainly through social, social, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? like media at this time, just because that's just the way we have to do it. Otherwise, we're, we have a location, you know, that anybody could come in, literally walk in off the street, which is super helpful. That's actually how I found um, here St. John. I was literally one of those people that walked in off the streets and was like, hey, I'd like to know what you guys are all about. So once we get back to that, that'd be great. But for now, it's kind of like through uh, technology, unfortunately. Yeah, well, you're meeting people where they're at, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really, really enjoyed hearing your story and the work that you're doing is really, really inspiring. And I totally agree. Like whatever barriers we can break down and better meet folks where they're at and get them where they need to go is, is really great. So it's so nice to hear from folks like you who are doing that work. Thank you so much, Stefana, and you too, both of you, like, uh, I read up on some of the things you guys do and stuff, and it's amazing, like, we need more people in the world that do things like this, uh, you know, and we can't, we can't do everything all at once, but if we let leave society a little more ethical than what we found it, then I feel like we're doing our job, right? <laughs> yeah. Well said, well said. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Wow, you know what, lived up, uh, uh, lived expert living up to expectations and just some of those themes that that i captured there staff just around the importance of mentorship meeting mm -hmm. people where they're at the other piece too is people have to be ready for that help right i mean i i remember a while back years ago i, I have a friend who uh um is an alcoholic and and his uh, partner called me and said 
we need to do an intervention and stop them. And I said, until he wants that help, we can force and do it. It's not going to work. And eventually he did and, and has been clean and sober for about six, seven years. But wanting that help too is like, here's all the tools you have. Choice has to be involved. And I, I saw that theme come out in uh, what Tara was talking about. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think community is such a key factor um, for folks to to get better because it can be really isolating um, dealing with um, trauma and being homeless on your own um, and feeling that disconnect. And I think the work happens that wanting to seek help is also like having people root for you um, and help you out and um, provide answers that are really, really hard to find on your own when you're just like trying to make it through the day and survive. Um, I think that work is super admirable and really important. Absolutely. Everyone needs to matter to another person. And when you do, it makes all the difference. Well, another excellent show. So great to be working with you on this and look forward to the next one. Yeah, me too. I guess I'll see you next week. See you then. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. A quick reminder to subscribe to the show on any platform you're listening. And if you'd like to find out more about Blue Door, visit bluedoor.ca. To get more information about the Canadian Alliance to End Homelessness, go to caeh.ca. See you next time. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcasts wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.